Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. God loves you. I hope you know that. He does. He really does. No matter how far you think you are from Him, He loves you. He cares for you. He's proud of you. Because He made you. It's important for you to know that. And if you think you're far from Him, you're not. He's right there. All you need to do is say yes to Him. Um, man, it is, a, it is a privilege to be able to speak into your life. Of all the voices that, that you can choose to listen to, you choose to come here and listen to this one. I don't know if that says that you need some counseling and therapy, but I, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to speak into your life and walk with you on your journey. Thank you for allowing us to be into your life as well. See, the, the vision that, that we have that has been laid out before us first starts with prayer. And some of you that were here last week and some of you that were here this week, hopefully you, you were able to get that prayer pamphlet that was passed out. And if not, we, we do have extras. But the vision that God has for your life and us as a whole first and foremost begins in prayer. And if you don't pray at all, prayer is simply just having a conversation. It's two parts. Speaking, listening. And hopefully, we're doing more listening than speaking. If you've never prayed in your life, I, I challenge you and suggest that you start having a conversation with the one who knows you best. Knows you better than anyone else in your life. Better than your parents, better than your spouse, better than your kids. And just listen. But then unload what's going on in your world. So as we move forward as a church and as you move forward as an individual throughout 2023 and then some, just know that we can't move forward if we're not praying. Because there are things in our life, things that God wants to do in this church and through this church and through you as an individual, wherever you are, that cannot happen without the power of the Holy Spirit. cannot it will not 
Matthew, our youth pastor, his first sermon was preached about Moses. God called Moses to deliver the people, to move forward, to walk through and take the land, the promised land. But Moses made sure he didn't want to go if God wasn't going with him. So wherever you go in your life, and wherever we go, we want to know that God is with us. And we want to know that we're going where he's going, not where we are going and want to go. So that comes through prayer. We've armed you. We've, we've given you a tool to begin to unpack before the Lord and ask him of big things. Because that vision has to do with people. People are never, ever a project. You're not a project. You don't want to be a project. You want to be heard. You want to be listened to. You desire deeply to be loved, to be received, to be known, to be valued. It's people. We, as a church, are loved people, loving people to Jesus. Simple as that. We have chosen to receive the love of God that He has for us freely and openly. Just as it's free and open to you and your friends and your family. And that love that we have received has moved us, has motivated us on the inside out. So that those that are walking in darkness... Those that are far from Him can actually receive that same love. So, prayer, people. The people you know, the people you don't know. The people you like, the people that you don't like or don't like you. The people you're, you are like and the people you're nothing like. People. That conversation at night that Jesus had with Nicodemus. He said, for God to love the world. We're a part of that world. For God to love people. We'll get to the property. Don't worry. That's not this week. But what we are asking of you is that your intention, that you're intentional there are many churches that you can go to that have a lot of things that you can do. A lot of programs. Again, people are not projects and programs. <sighs> it's 2023, folks. I'm just going to be blunt. Programs don't do it. It's people. It's you being intentional in people's lives. Not merely saying hello, but having intentional conversations. Hopefully the hello will lead you to an intentional conversation. But we're asking that you be intentional with your life. With who you are. And what you know yourself to be at this moment. Where your faith is at this moment. I hope that, is, that it will grow. But that your life is intentional. And that you invest your life. When we see the word investment, we think dollar signs. No, I don't want you to think dollar signs. Jesus didn't think in dollar signs. Very often, 
He thought about investment of your life and who you are, wherever you are. And lastly, invitation. That you invite, that you are that vessel to invite people. And again, as a church, we often think, well, invite them to church. Well, obviously, that's what those cards are for. But we're missing the boat. We're missing the intent. Inviting them into relationship with Christ. Not religion, but relationship with God. So that they can find their intention, their meaning, and their purpose of life. That they can receive eternal life but that heaven comes on earth through their life. So, prayer, people, property, intention, investment, and invitation. If you would, open up to Mark chapter 2. That's where we're going to jump in. We tried to jump in there last week. Our time got away from us, and that was good because it was a great moment. And I feel like I fumbled and bumbled through what we were trying to talk about. But Mark chapter 2, we're going to jump back into that story. And as you're looking for that story, whether it's on your phone or through the Pew Bible, which the Pew Bible is free. If you don't have a Bible at home, take it. You don't have to pay for it. It's there for you to take. I personally prefer a handheld Bible rather than my phone. But anyhow, as we look at this story... The front end of the story, Mark chapter 2, it says this, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum. Last week, we talked about Capernaum. That was the strategic place where Jesus set up camp. It was his ground zero. It's where he began to do his ministry in the region. It was far from the religious center, which is Jerusalem, way in the south. And as I mentioned last week, You are where you are on purpose, for a greater purpose than yourself. Where you live, where you work, where you go to school, where you coach, where you volunteer, where you've moved to, where you're moving from, where you've moved from and where you've moved to, you are where you are on purpose. And most of you, as you can see from the map over here, most of you are from Wapakoneta, a map that has a bunch of stickers on it. And... From over here, on my left, there's a huge regional map with a bunch of stickers on it. Last week, most of you put the sticker on your Capernaum, where you are, where you live. If you haven't done so, I'm going to ask right at the end of the service, if you haven't done the sticker, I'd ask that you just grab a sticker, put it on your street over here in Wapak, or put it on your city over here on the regional map. The reach of this church specifically goes all the way from the north in Van Wert, all the way south, even to Piqua and further. All the way east towards Bell Fountain and all the way west by Salina and St. Mary's. Where's your Capernaum? Where's your ground zero? Where's your nucleus? Where do you move in and out of frequently? Well, let's continue through the story to find out what happens at Jesus' Capernaum, his ground zero. Chapter 2 of Mark. 
A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get them get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the map the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Dot, dot, dot. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. We're going to pause right there. Heavenly Father, I ask you to speak clearly. I already know that your spirit is communing with ours. That's what you do. You've already been working on lives even before they got here. And I ask that you tune in our hearts and our souls to your voice. May we not only hear it and listen to it, but may we follow your voice where it leads open our eyes to the grander vision that you have for our own life but our life as a church may we be what you had in mind when you created the church it's in your name Jesus that we pray amen group gathered around this house some scholars believe this to be Peter's house. Uh, Simon Peter, one of the apostles. This wasn't unlike any other time. In fact, there were other moments where people gathered around this house. So many gathered that it was very difficult to get in through the doors. That would be really cool here at Wapak Nas. Actually, it's really difficult to get through that lobby, isn't it? <laughs> when there are a lot of people out there. Some men came bringing their friend. Four of them were carrying their friend. He was a paralytic. Let's think about this for a second. He was unable to walk. More than likely, he had atrophy of his muscles because he hasn't walked. Many of you have had casts on your arms or your legs, and after about six weeks of a cast on your arm that you couldn't use, your muscles are atrophied. Let's just imagine this, this, this young man or this man had been, been on this mat for years. Muscles had atrophied. 
unable to walk, very, very little energy. But keep in mind, just because he couldn't walk doesn't mean he couldn't talk. Right? He had a voice. His friends cared for him. And four of them carried him. They look at the house. There's way too many people having church. This is a good thing, right? The house is crowded. They couldn't get through. It's a good moment. People listening to Jesus teach about turning the other cheek. Learning about the kingdom, how the kingdom of God is here and the kingdom of God is near. Learning to pray for those who persecute you. The people you like, the people you don't like, right? Being extravagantly generous. We don't know what he was teaching in this moment, but they were intrigued and they were listening. So much so that there were so many people that this man and his friends couldn't get through. Folks, we can't allow the good things that we do keep people from God. Many, many times over the history of the church, probably within the, and I want to narrow it down to the 20th century, there were way too many good things the church was doing that were keeping other people out. Because they believed that the church was for the church and the church only. That's not true. So what do they do? They run into a dilemma. Do they send word through the crowd? Hey, we need to get in. Does one of them go into the crowd to get to Jesus? Do they stand there and think, hey, you know what? He's coming through again. Let's wait. Or do we give up? You ever have those moments in your life where everything externally says no? All circumstances are pointing to no. But everything on the inside says, I got to take the risk. Because I know that there's something greater than what is being lived out now. I got to go for broke. I can't just sit back anymore. So, this is a pivotal moment. What do they do? Do they give up or do they pivot? And they pivot. They use their creativity. They look at the circumstance and said, we're not getting through there. But I firmly believe that Jesus, and only Jesus, can provide us something that we can't provide for ourselves or our friend. So, they look around and they get up on the roof. Now, I imagine this moment going down. Again, Jesus having church. He's teaching people in a home, he's having a life group. And they're all listening, intrigued by what he's saying. And there are footsteps on, on the roof of a house that does not belong to them. They're about to commit what we call a felony. Breaking and entering. Vandalism. And as Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God, teaching about prayer, teaching about generosity and giving, about their soul, about their life, they hear some pounding. The roofs back then are not like the roofs now. If you've ever had your, house, your tile on your house like removed and re-tiled re or what, I don't even know what they're called. They're roof tiles, shingled, there you go. 
You can hear the people on your roof. This is dirt. This is thatch. This is mud tile. It's not as clean as shingles. Imagine Jesus in the middle of his teaching, dirt starting to fall. And people who are listening start to get distracted. Kind of like here on Sunday morning. We get distracted by our phones and everything else. And then more mud starts falling larger and larger. And the crowd starts moving further and further back. You remember that crowd that was so tight no one can get through? Oh, then light starts to shine through. And you can see the dust. And the hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We talked about our vision, right? That it's, we've got to be intentional. We have to invest ourselves. Do you think these guys were investing themselves in their friend? Do you think these guys were very intentional about bringing them, him to Jesus? I think so. Soon, now we have a gaping hole. And the light has, now that has been blinding, now sees a silhouette of a, of a mat coming down. And they finally glimpse that there's a guy sitting on the mat. It's being lowered right before Jesus. Now everybody's back. This is, this is kind of how I see this thing going down, right? If you ever want to learn Scripture, you've got to sit in Scripture. And imagine it happening before your very eyes. And here's the guy. The man on the mat. Lowered from the roof. Big old hole. Sun shining through. Dust going around. People moving back. And they're probably chattering what in the world's going on. The man lands on the floor. Notice what the scripture says. When Jesus saw their faith. Didn't say when Jesus saw the faith of the man on the mat. Their faith. The guys peering through the hole on top of the roof going, What's happening? And the man on the mat. It's everybody's faith. When he saw their faith. I'm just going to call it out. There are a group of teenagers over here. And you can see their faith. No one can see what you believe until you live out what you believe. Say it again. No one can see what you believe until you live out what you believe. Were those men living out what they believed? Was the man on the mat living out what, they, what he believed? Again, he couldn't, he couldn't walk, but he surely could talk, and he could surely give his opinion on what he wanted to do. He could have said, hey guys, forget it. There's too many people. We can't get through. Nah, let's wait. Do you know settling's contagious? Settling's contagious. 
when you settle once, you can easily settle again and again and again and again. And you know what? When you settle and the people around you know that you have faith in Jesus Christ and see you settling, guess what they do? It's okay for him and it's okay for her. They're going to start settling. Settling's contagious, but you also know what else is contagious? Courageous faith. Courageous faith is, is contagious. If, you know, if you've been watching Facebook at all, it actually made it to national news just recently. My wife just told me this morning that it made national news. You don't know what I'm talking about. I shared this with our worship team, and some of them had furrowed brows like, what? What's going on? There's a revival that's happening at, at Asbury College, Asbury Seminary. Broke out this week. Kids that are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old, maybe even older. Young adults, they're not kids. Came to worship. Spirit broke out. And they have continued to worship the Lord their God. People have started to come. Sins are being confessed. People are forgiving one another. Patching up relationships through the Spirit. Settling is contagious, but so is courageous faith. These men and the man on the mat had courageous faith. And notice what Jesus says. When he saw their faith, and then he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. Wait, wait, what were they coming there first for? What were they coming there in the first place for? What was the whole point of trying to get through the crowd and going, we can't get through and we're going to go up on the roof? It's really hard carrying a human body up on a roof. I can't say that from experience. I'm just guessing, okay? Then they dig through. Jesus, we did not dig through the roof and lower him to, on the mat before everybody so that you can forgive him his sins. We wanted him healed. Jesus is teaching us a very clear lesson here. He's making a statement about the kingdom. He's making a statement about the church and making a statement about our lives and the lives that we connect with on a daily basis that you are not a physical being with a spiritual experience you're a spiritual being with a physical experience and that what matters most above all things is the condition of the soul Because out of the condition of the soul becomes our external world. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus gets to what matters most. He always got to the heart of the matter because it's the heart that matters, right? Sounds cliche, but it's true. Son, your sins are forgiven. Folks, 
we exist as a church to be fruitful. That other people come to Christ. Their sins are forgiven. Their soul is restored. It's renewed. Something happens on the inside. They're transformed. And then all those Pharisees, the teachers of the law, those experts on God, they're muttering to each other and they're thinking in their hearts. And I'm kind of curious if everybody else was thinking that. But see, Mark just says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. If I'm in the crowd, I'm going, he's still in the same physical condition he was when he came in. Folks, we desire people to belong before they ever believe. And let the Spirit do the work on the inside of their heart to change everything externally. So Jesus, being Son of God, having insight by the Spirit, He already knows what they're thinking within their, their spirits, and He addresses it. So, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, He says. He looks at the paralytic, the man on the mat, whose internal condition has absolutely shifted. I wonder if Jesus truly intended to allow him to stay in his state, physical state. I don't know. But what I do know with Jesus is that he heals the whole. All of you. Not just your soul. He truly transforms your all. That's why he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. The whole person. And so, he says, get up. Take your mat and go home. Remember, zero physical strength. I know how I feel when I get sick and I've been laying on the couch for two days. I don't want to get off the couch. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to move. And when I've gotten better, I still don't want to move because I'm used to being right there, right? What's the man do? He gets up. He picks up his mat and physically walks out. The crowd, it's like, it's like Moses parting the Red Sea. He just walks right through them. The ironic thing, it's the very same crowd that was doing the good thing that they were doing and not letting him in. And now he's walking out in full view of everyone. He's no longer has an atrophy of his body, nor his soul. He's restored. He's whole. Walks out. And they're all amazed. Everyone in the room. When God does what He does, it gets people's attention. Even the national news. 
when God does what he does through his people, it gets people's attention and curiosity. As if there's this gravity that pulls them in. We're asking God to do a miraculous movement through you and this church. We don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And so, there's a few things that we're just going to unload very briefly. Hopefully, it'll just raise some curiosity. What Jesus said when he left and went to the right hand of the Father, when he ascended, we use that big term, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Congratulations. You're sent. You're sent. If you believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, if you've received His eternal life, and you're you're worshiping the Lord Jesus, you would say, yes, I'm a follower and disciple of Jesus. Congratulations. You are on mission. Your life has has intention and purpose and meaning. Not something you just give up on. And we're sent to make disciples. Again, Wapak Nas, we do it simple. We don't try to complicate it. Complicated is the crowd keeping the man on the mat and his friends out. So, just so that you're aware, our number one intention is to disciple. Is so that people, whether they believe in Jesus or not, curious about God or not, they have room to discover Jesus Christ died, resurrected, so that you may have eternal life, to forgive your sins, and you may have eternal life. And so, here's a few things that we do. Because this is who we are. We're disciple makers. You are a disciple maker. We have an eight-week trek study. This is per request. So if you're curious, if you've been on the journey with Jesus for a long time, or haven't even started, this is for you. One-on-one, one-on-two. I got several folks that are willing to do this with you, including myself. We have life groups every spring and every fall. It's multi-generational. Babies are welcome. Kids are welcome, especially Logan. (laughs) It's awesome to see how life groups, how the people within the group love on the kids. Teens, you're welcome to life group anytime. We know you got your thing over there. It's called engage. But you're welcome to life group anytime. I'm proud of them. Digging deeper for adults all year round. Except until uh, for the next like six or seven weeks. Dennis isn't back. He's in Florida. So I'm choosing to focus over there to let other people 
do some things. But Digging Deeper is usually here all year, Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7.30, right here. We'll make sure the announcement is there when it gets back up in play. And our DNA class, which we've already heard. There are some key staples that have been here. This is kind of somewhat the calendar. Again, it's not about program. But there are some means and ways in which people can begin to filter in here and have contact with you that is very organized and purposeful and intentional. You can see it up on the screen. I don't need to go through it. You'll see a lot more information. I just want to kind of give you a heads up. Extravaganza is happening. April 1st, right here. Had 450 people, of which 225 were kids last year. It wasn't the program, it was the people. They got to interact with you. They heard the gospel, not only here at Easter Jam, but down in the basement. And they saw the gospel lived out through you. I encourage you, as we're starting to announce of how we're celebrating Easter, at the table is a great moment to invite people in. Salvation can happen right at the table as we're taking the Lord's communion. What a meaningful moment. I'd ask that you uh, pull out your cards. Next week we'll, we'll dive into Levi's story. It's the next story in the, in the book of Mark, but the whole point here is these cards, I don't know if you got them. If you don't have them, I know that Aubrey's got them for you or they're probably sitting over here somewhere. These cards are simple. You know what they do? They fit nice and snug in your pocket. See that? Right there. Or if you've got a wallet, they fit right, they can go with you. Now again, folks, This isn't come to see the pastor. Many people think, man, let's just get them in front of the pastor. They can talk with the pastor and and he can save their soul. No. This is you being very intentional. Very intentional to invite people in. To hear. To the experience that we have each and every Sunday. It's meaningful to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. It's meaningful to you. Debbie says this is the best kept secret in Wapak. We're no longer secrets. The whole objective here is to tangibly hand someone an invitation. Come with me to church this weekend. Very simple. It's not complicated. And if they're curious about, well, what's it about? There you go, it's on the backside. We're warm and authentic people. I tried to be truthful when I designed it. Did I get that right? I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. We're warm and authentic people. It's a casual atmosphere. You can come in whatever you wear. Just don't come in a Speedo. Jeez. Um, it's wholehearted worship. Even when the drummer is off beat and off rhythm, 
That was last week, not this week. Uh, not too bad, right? We have in, engaging children's worship. And you know what? It's Christ-centered, and it's a relevant message to your life. Here's the goal. Now, this is where the pastor goes, okay, this is not about numbers. This is not about numbers. I don't want people to think it's about numbers. So let me just tell you, it's not about numbers. It's about people. Remember, they're not projects. They're not programs. But if you even just had a moment where you were like, you know what? Come to church with me this weekend. You've had a very meaningful conversation with that person, whether they were friend or family or stranger. I know Grandpa has many meaningful conversations with people he, he just meets for the very first time. We're asking. I'm challenging. I'm pushing you. If you firmly believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and He's changed your life, then we want other people's lives to be transformed and changed. I'm challenging every person in the room that's a part of this church. Hand three of these out per month. Just three. 31 days, one every 10 days. Whether it's a coworker, whether it's a person you just passed by at Walmart and you struck up a conversation, or they struck up a conversation with you and you prayed over them. You know what? Come with me to church. I'm asking you to hand these out. Three of these per month over the course of this year. But I'm not asking you just to hand this out. I'm literally asking you to greet them at the door or pick them up. I'm asking you to invite them to sit with you and worship with you. I'm asking you to invite them out for a meal. All of us eat. And if you're, you're in my stomach right now, you want to eat. It's 12.15. I know. I'm asking you to invest yourself. It's three per month. Every month, we're going to give these to you. They'll have a little rubber band. If you want to take more, take more. Just asking you. We live in a community of about 10,000 people. The statistics show that about 41%, give or take, have zero faith in any practice whatsoever. They don't go to church. They don't go to synagogue. They don't do... They have zero faith. Do the math. There's a lot of people who don't know Christ. You just might be the person carrying them up on the roof and lowering them down. It's where you live. This is our nation. This is our backyard. Beyond local. I'm just going to briefly just land the plane here in a moment. Beyond local. 
The reason I challenge you locally is because you cannot do globally what you aren't doing locally. Let me say that again because I just made it up. You cannot do globally what you aren't doing locally. But globally can really spur yourself locally. So, we're going to Cuba. We're going to Cuba in 2024. Trip's been arranged for January 10th through the 18th. We're working with Paul Jetter, who's the regional coordinator for Cuba in the Church of the Nazarene, and a dear friend of Amy and mine. We went to Cuba with him back in 2020, right before COVID hit. As you know, well know on the global stage, those countries that are not doing well, this is one of those. The embargo has really impacted them internally, and there's a lot of need. This is an encouragement trip. This is not a work and witness trip. Work and witness means we're going to go work on something, build it, move it, shake it, tear it down. No, this is an encouragement trip because there's a lot of people that are within the confines of, of Cuba that really need lifted, primarily those that are in the church. People were wanting to leave Cuba by the droves. But the church in Cuba is still doing ministry. So our objective is to go in and encourage the pastors, their wives, the pastors and their husbands, the congregation and the community. And we're going to spy out projects. How can we help them continue the work of the ministry? What do they need? This is a $1,500 trip. Divide it, slice it however you want, but half of that or a portion of that is going to go for in-country expenses. The other half of that is going to go for project money. Plus a plane ticket. We're asking, if the Lord leads, I'm just throwing it out there. We're going to cast this net out there. If you think that this is what you're, is on your heart, I dare you. I just dare you. Sign up. I dare you. You will never experience anything like this in your life. It's phenomenal. And the people, you will learn so much from them. You will learn from them. Your spirit, your soul, you will be encouraged. I dare you to sign up. $200 is due at sign up. We want to make sure that you're in. Don't worry. It's refundable if at some point something happens and you're like, you know, I can't go. But if you do go, that will be applied to your 1500 not your plane ticket. Here's the timeline. Visa applications are due November 1st. So sign up. Deadline is October 1st. Passport application, I suggest that you start applying by August 23rd. You can do that. You'll do that on your own. Uh, if you need help, let me know. We can help you out. It takes about six to nine weeks to get that done. This is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth your investment. The people that you will connect with, phenomenal. We're going to show some pictures over the course of the next several months because the impact is going to be great. 
and it'll filter into right here. So we're moving from our backyard globally. A few other global things that we'll talk about as we move forward. I highly encourage you, next week, next week, our very own David Gerber, retired chaplain, retired pastor, He's handed in his retirement papers just for one Sunday. He's bringing a phenomenal message to you, which kind of falls in line with this whole month. It really does. We're going to pick back up our forward vision on the very last Sunday of February. We're going to unpack the rest of it. And let me just tell you, you don't want to miss it. It all involves prayer, people, and property. Would you please stand this morning? Challenges before you. The challenges before you to make every effort to carry our community up on the roof and lower them right before Jesus' feet. It's a partnership with Christ, it truly is. We believe that God can do things that we see, that we can't see, but only if it's in partnership through Him. Here's your sign. Be the inviter through the next several weeks. Will you do so? Heavenly Father, it's the soul that matters. It's the heart that matters. And yeah, all the other stuff matters too. I have seen this church, these people, care for people in such meaningful, genuine, and practical ways. It wasn't organized. It wasn't a program the pastor didn't call. You prompted hearts. Father, we're asking. We're asking that you, that we become the church that you had in mind when you created it, when it was birthed. Holy Spirit, fill us. Empower us. Raise our eyes. To those around us help us listen to what's being said but also what hasn't been said and Lord will you use us to invite people into relationship with you not merely church relationship with you I love you Father and I trust you Help us listen to your voice. It's in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things today. Amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Will you please love your neighbor as yourself this week? And uh, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I don't know about you. So, (laughs) hey, God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknaz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community 
and to love people to Jesus.